welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Solak. With me is not Trevor Sikama. We gave uh, Trevor the week off, or the weekend off, I suppose, as it is Sunday, it is Valentine's Day, and Trevor's uh, enjoying a nice holiday with his lovely lady. Accordingly, uh, I had to turn to the bullpen, uh, bring in a guest hitter, excited for the inaugural, yeah, the first uh, Locked On NFL Draft appearance for Dalton Miller, who is a draft analyst with Pro Football Network, works at uh, 105.3 The Fan in the DFW area. You can find him on YouTube, Dalton Miller, uh, Twitter, Dalton B. Miller. You could find him in uh, Mobile last year, where we got to hang out, we got to chat. Uh, it was a good time meeting Dalton. I'm excited to have him on the show. Dalton, how you been, dude? Man, fantastic. How are you doing today? Oh, everything's delicious, Dalton. Right, listening out of the show, everybody should know everything's delicious. Uh, Dalton and I were talking before the show about the one inch of snow that's currently ravaging the entire state of Texas. Deplorable. It, Despicable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a full-on nightmare down here. We got a text or an email earlier. They're like, it's five degrees. You guys might lose power and you might <laughs> lose your water. Like, just end of the world stuff going on down here in Texas. My sister, uh, she teaches middle school in El Paso, and they were doing a, a project where they were having the kids look at the weather in different areas of the country. And one of her her students was legitimately stunned that people live in the north. She like raised <laughs> her hand and she was like, uh, "Miss, Miss, it's negative one degrees in Michigan." And my mom, and my sister was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "How do they eat? <laughs> Should they go to the store and they get food?" She was like, that's not, it can't, it can't be done. She was like, nope, they pull it off, they put coats on, it's all right. But it's so funny to think of people just stunned by that little snow. No, absolutely, man. I mean, and, and growing up in PA, I know you grew up in PA too, we've seen almost everything. And I was stationed up in upstate New York at Fort Drum, and we got lake effect snow up there. So yeah. I've seen it all, I've done it all, and I'm perfectly happy being in Texas where it's 50 degrees or higher probably – 330 days out of the year close to that uh speaking of seeing it all and doing it all uh, i've been enjoying following dalton on twitter during this year's draft cycle because he'll just randomly drop an extremely hot take on the timeline about a prospect and then just leave and to me that's just the number one best way to tweet about a class is just be like hey here's an opinion i don't care what any of you say i'm gonna check back in in a few hours laugh your responses so uh general NFL draft as we really acclimate ourselves to this class. Trevor and I are just really starting to get knee deep into final grades here. Now that the season is over. Of course, Trevor as a Bucks fan was kind of locked in on those playoffs. Uh, I want to know off the top, spiciest draft take to this point. I want to know right now, what's your heater? What's the one thing that you Ooh. think you've got that nobody else does? Well, I think it depends on who you talk to. Um, but I think my, my hottest take would probably be there's a world and a scheme where Ifatu Melifonwu is CB3, and that scheme is a, you know, cover three heavy scheme. Um, that's probably the hottest of my takes. Um, I'm also a massive fan of Aleem McNeil, um, and I'm Slam. also a large fan of Bobby Brown uh, from Texas A&M. I think Aleem McNeil for me is a second rounder, um, and Bobby Brown is, you know, in that third round for me. 
All right, I've watched zero Bobby Brown. I know he's a defensive tackle. I know he wears like zero or five or something, which is always a good sign. I know he plays with his belly out. That's all the information I've got. So walk <laughs> me through, because I thought you were going to say like Baron Browning or something. And I was, oh, wait, nah, wait no, there's that kid. Nah. There's that kid from Texas A&M. All right, right. So mm-hmm. talk me through him. What's legit? Yeah, so for me, I, I like to see the the powerful hands from the 320-plus pounders, the guys that are going to be playing one technique. He's got some of the most powerful hands that I've seen in you know since the Vita Vea times. Um, he's not the, the athlete. He's not the freak that Vita Vea was, but he is very, very strong, and he really does a, a nice job converting speed to power and walking offensive linemen back into uh, the quarterback. Now, I think he had a little bit of extra motivation this year. At least I was told by people, you know, close to the A&M family uh, that his mom apparently had gotten sick um, at some point. And he, I think, has become a little bit money motivated uh, to get to the NFL and to to get some money because um, I think early in his career at Texas A&M, he was under a lot of heat. He was a really high, highly thought after recruit and, you know, he kind of underwhelmed his first two years. And then this year, I mean, I thought his tape was outstanding. All right. Uh, Melifonwu, who I have yes. watched. Let's talk about him. Convince me he's not Kevin King. Oh, oh, see, I, I think that he is um, a little bit of Kevin King. Okay. Um, right. But I think all of the good parts that Kevin King is um, the, the height weight speed is obviously there. He's six foot three. And, and, and I'm somebody who I, I literally hate big corners, hate them, all of them, yeah. except for, except for Ifatu Malafonwu for some reason. And I think it's because I, I like the fluidity that he has um, at that size. And I also think that it is partially due to the Cowboys going back to a cover three heavy scheme and, and his frame and his athleticism and the, his ability to, to move is really, really, you know, best fit for that scheme. Um, he's somebody who I have graded very highly, but it's with that kind of caveat that he is scheme dependent. Right. Yeah. And that's like, I think that when you look at Dallas, cause I know, I know you're a Cowboys guy, Trevon Diggs in the building for now. Uh, right. <laughs> The uh, uh, Reggie Roberson, uh, the Tulane kid. I haven't seen him. Uh, oh, oh, you mean yeah, from uh, last year? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Reggie Robinson. Robinson, right? Robinson. Robertson. Robertson, right? Robinson is the the SMU receiver. Those guys screw with me. But so yeah. he's right. The Tulane kid who like are they, are they playing him at safety or playing him at corner? They're playing, dude. I don't, I don't understand. They gotta make up their mind. <laughs> They're playing him at safety, and I don't understand it because he his. His game didn't fit safety at all, so I don't know what they were trying to do. They went to a bunch of quarters-heavy stuff this year, too high, and then they went away from it immediately. Um, and so I don't know what they're going to do with the kid. I think he's a cover three corner, so I think that right. fits there, but I don't know what they'll do. Right, that's the that's what's interesting to me. You have him in hand. You have Trevon Diggs in hand. You just brought in Dan Quinn. Like It's clear that this is the, the mold you're going to play at corner, and this is the scheme you're going to play at corner. You can be successful with a guy like Melifonwu. And you're saying second round. I would imagine he's still on the board in the third round, right? And so Who? who? Melifonwu? Yeah, Melifonwu. I don't think so because he's no? going to test like a freak. I really think that he goes high. Oh man, that, right, that's that's that the dream is right making the Akello Weatherspoon pick, which is Robert Salem made in San Francisco, which is this guy's is, is fits our scheme. He's going to be able to do what we need him to do, and we're going to be able to get a starting caliber player in the third round. Now, after the Niners drafted Akello Weatherspoon, they suddenly figured out that they needed to play more too high to survive in their division, and that kind of hurt Witherspoon. But it, you're looking at yeah. Melifon win Dallas, 
I agree with you. I think that, yes, he can be that guy. I'm just worried, like, Kevin King just was never able to fully mentally play at NFL speed. And that's my big concern when I watch Melifonu is that he's never going to be mentally as fast as his testing indicates he can be. Yeah, so for me, I, I look at a guy like him and I look at a guy like Trayvon Diggs, and I was a little bit lower on Trayvon Diggs last year. I mean, I had yeah. a low set I had a low second round grade on him. Um, but that seemed to be lower than a lot of people. And the Cowboys went out and said, Oh, yeah, we had a first round grade on him because they want to feel good about themselves. Um, but you know, for me, I was lower on him than I am Melifonwu, especially for this type of system. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably going to end up being one of JC Horn, Caleb Farley, or, or Patrick Satan for the Cowboys at, at 10. Um, and I'm going to be able to live with that. But <laughs> if we were able to get Melifonwu at 44 or trade back, um, and, and get, you know, a, a mixture of him and Richie Grant, I don't care what, you know, uh, where you get them, what, what order you get them, as long as you get a legitimate free safety in a corner that you think can thrive in a cover three scheme. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action, and it even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. The odds are updated in real time, and there are prompts on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Here on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, we are covering everything you need to know about the NFL Draft. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so yeah, you said legit free safety. We don't have to touch on Slim McNeil, because listeners of the podcast will know that Trevor and I are big fans of Slim. I guess. Uh, who we call Slim because... We can't spell his name without our phones autocorrecting it to Slim. Absolutely. <laughs> so no, no. Just... I, I, I have a guy that every time I do a, a YouTube video, he comes in asking about Slim McNeil, and I yeah. know that he's a listener to your podcast. That's 100% our fault. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I'm interested in safety here because I'm I'm struggling with this safety class personally. And so I frame uh, – the question I want to ask you, I'm going to frame it this way. Uh, right now it's February. I'm telling you that I've seen the future. I've seen you know April 28th or 29th, whatever the heck the draft is. Uh, and I know that one and only one safety went in the first round. I want to know who it was. And if you know which team selected him, that's bonus points. But mainly I want to know, you know, we don't we we don't often see a first round go with no safeties drafted. Like it, mm-hmm. it seemed like it was going to be that way in 2018 for a second. And then Darnell Savage got in there. Who mm-hmm. is that one guy this year? If someone's going in the first round, who do you think it is? I think it's going to be Trayvon Morgan. Yes. Okay. Um, that's That's the one acceptable answer in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think it is. I listen, I personally like. Uh, Richie Grant more than I like Trayvon Moore. Uh, I do. Um, I think that, you know, and, and again, it's, it's a little bit scheme dependent. I think that he's more of a, a legitimate, you know, one high free safety type. Um, he can also do a lot of things in the slot as well that I like. Um, but the, the difference with, between him and Morig, it for me is the, the range. I think Murray has okay range. I don't think he's an elite athlete. Um, and I think that's ca- kind of what holds him back because I think he's an intelligent defender. I think he can get a little bit flat-footed when he's playing that off-man because, you know, at, at TCU, they, they play a lot of uh, interesting 
defenses and uh you know it's a lot of quarters it's a lot of him you know carrying number two vertically um and he really likes to stay flat-footed at that 10 to 12 yard range you know working the outs working the digs um and so he can get beat vertically at, t- at times like that and he's not going to be able to eat up that cushion by being physical at the next level because you have that five yard contact window as we saw in the super bowl um, and so I think he might struggle a little bit early, and I don't think he's the best fit as a single high guy. But I think if you run a bunch of two high stuff, that's where you really want to go uh, in the first round with your safety. Yeah, I, I hear you on Merrick. I do in the sense of it, teams are going to be suspicious of the testing. Uh, a lot of TCU guys who have come out recently who've been billed as really good athletes have subsequently tested weirdly. Don't you know what I mean? Like, about it. Yeah, which like is like I think it's fine, and then they like, get better at their pro day, and then whatever. Thinking about like Jalen Rager, or Ben Banigou, who obviously Banigou was banged up, but regardless, I do think that that's going to be a thing. It, it's not dissimilar to my note on Melifonwu, which is to me, it, it's about how much does your mental speed allow you to access your your physical speed? How much does the mental processing allow you to fully tap into your athletic ability? Merrick's just so goddamn smart, you know what I mean? It's I just agree, so, like, yeah. And so, and right, if you're getting, get him in too high, then you protect him from being outranged, right? Where he knows where the ball is going. He just doesn't get there in time. Um, but even at single high, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to get twisted around in year one, in my opinion, which to me is rare coming out. So I, I think it's Merrick. I haven't watched Richie Grant since the 2019 season when we thought yeah. he was coming out Yep. And last year. And I, we didn't even do him in the summer. Because what I saw in 2019, I was like, I don't get it with this guy. So uh, I'm, no, I, I'm listen, I, I agree yeah. with that. I, I, I really liked his, his, not this year's tape, but, but the year before. I really liked that. And then I've watched two games from this year so far. I need to get more UCF defense. Um, but I thought that he was really, really good last year because um, I did watch him over the summer and I thought he was really good. See, I'm saying I watched him over the over the summer. I watched his 2019 season. And I did not get oh, you it. Did you didn't like I him? Did not get it. No, I was, this guy won't tackle. I didn't think he could hit. Oh no, 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 no. So I do agree with you there. Yeah, and, you know, because I, I've 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 had the conversation with Jeff a lot. You know, him and, and Brian Bronis, you know, works at the fan too. They've really talked about his ability to come downhill and tackle. And for me, like, I don't care about that if you're going to be a single high guy because you're not going to be in you know the run fit very very often. You know, if they're going to run with an overhang in the box quite a bit, which Dallas will, I'm sure. Um, I think that he's more than willing to do it. I do think physically he's just not able to to do it very well um, because that frame doesn't really hold up all that much. And and I do agree with you there. I think that that's his weakness. But I think he's just so doggone good in coverage, especially from that single high spot. Yeah, so I'm excited to get eyes on him. I need to watch... Right, like when you're watching safeties, Trevor and I talked about this last week, you just need to do all 22 footage. You can't like watch a game, to. right? You can't watch like UCF Memphis and be like, oh, here's my Richie Grant takeaway. So he's, you don't, no. put him, they don't put him on the screen. You can't see him. No. Yeah, so I, I, especially after the senior bowl that Grant had, I'm interested to watch him. But yeah, I think it's after the Andre Cisco injury, after Hamsa coming back from the injury, Hamsa and Cyril Dean out of Florida State and kind of his more money backer projection, I think it's between Merrick and Grant to be the first safety yeah. off the board. Water gun to your head, does a safety go round one, yes or no? Yes. You think so? Yep. Just because it's inevitable? Yep, just because the inevitable, and I think I know who it's going to be. It's going to be between two teams. It's going to be between Baltimore and Buffalo. And I think Baltimore Buffalo. Gonna, I think it's going to end up being with 
Baltimore in in the back end of things, it, they're going to have Joseph Asai there. And for me, Joseph Asai, with the way that he plays the game, I think it's just the perfect fit for a Baltimore football player just because he has that motor that never, ever stops. Um, but going forward with, with Buffalo in the back half, you don't really know what's going to happen. I believe I believe we have them as a, a safety need in our MDS. But I have to look at the uh, contractual right. situations there. I know. But, I know. You know I saw a report today that they want to keep Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. And like, why yes, wouldn't you? It's Micah Hyde both, and Jordan Poyer, right? Yeah, because they're both on. They're both free agents this year, right? Yeah. Upcoming. Yeah, and they have and, to pay Josh Allen too. I think wait a year, pay Josh Allen later. Um, <laughs> are you sure? Because I think secure your safeties first. But yeah, I mean they they got to secure the quarterback. I mean after one year, I understand it's still a little bit scary with Josh Allen, but this is probably the cheapest you're going to be able to get him. And if you look at the Cowboys situation, they've waited two years to try to get the deal done, and the deal's gone from like twenty eight million a year to forty plus. So teams, get your quarterback deals done before the new. Uh, uh, deal with TV gets done, or or you're gonna oh your quarterbacks right. a ton cap of money. balloons and the quarterback contracts balloon. Let me ask you right. So let me ask you this then. Uh, mentioning the the Cowboys quarterback situation, who's gonna look better AT and T Stadium in Week One? Oh, uh, Justin Fields or or Zach or Zach Wilson? <laughs> I almost said Zach Snyder because I'm looking at a, a Snyder cut advertisement right now. Zach Wilson. <laughs> um, it, it'll be Justin Fields. Because Justin Fields is going to be in the better situation overall. That's why he's going to – better situation how? They're both ending up in Dallas. Wait, what? How I'm are they both who, ending up? I'm, now I'm saying who's going to look oh, better for Dallas? Oh, oh when, I, get what, yeah. I get what you're saying now. I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's Justin Fields. Yeah, just, I, I, listen, I'm a Justin Fields QB, QB2 guy personally. Yes, I sir. I know a lot of people have gone towards Zach Wilson. And listen, I understand that the dude's arm is effortless. We see what guys like Kyler and Patrick Mahomes are kind of able to do with that just whip style arm. The ability to, you know, go across your body, you know, when you get that ball behind second base and throw sidearm to get that ball to first with good velocity. I get that. But he comes from an offense that runs a ton of heavy personnel stuff. It's a bunch of isolation routes against base defenses where you're just taking shot plays off a of play action. Zach Wilson needs to go to a place that's going to run a bunch of two tight ends, a bunch of heavy, you know, play action. Let the game come to him because right now I don't know if he's progressed enough mentally to really be able to to go out and, and facilitate things from a spread style offense off the bat. Just because there's a bunch of stuff, and it's especially you know evident to me in the red zone where when space tightens up. He really, you know, gets jittery with his feet and he gets jittery with his eyes. Yeah. And and so that's kind of where I I fall. But then at the same time, you look at him, you see that arm, you see where we were, a lot of people were with Patrick Mahomes coming out and you see where we could go wrong there again. And so, you know, in Dallas, I really like the fit with Justin Fields, but I understand why Zach Wilson will probably be the second quarterback drafted. You think so? You think probably Zach Wilson is QB two instead of Justin Fields? Yeah, you know, talking to Dane um, and, and talking to a, a couple other big names, uh, it just in media it seems like that's the the route that they're going to end up going at this point. I mean, when Justin Fields comes out and runs a four four nine, maybe it'll oh, change. I'd love to but, see uh, it. 
Um, I mean, I love Justin Fields, just his game yeah. overall. I did a deep dive into Zach Wilson this weekend because I've been pretty vocal saying I, I like Fields better than Wilson. And right, so I went in saying like, all right, I'm going to let this kid convince me that he's better than Justin Fields. And I did eight games and I just can't get there. I get it. Like, I absolutely get it. He makes throws that piss me off. I just yell at him. Oh, so (laughs) dumb. Louisiana Tech film was ludicrous. Four touchdowns, two incompletions. We just seeding kids. Uh Oh, it was dumb. But I I, I agree with you. I think that there's uh, consistent footwork concerns, which are definitely fixable because he's so springy in the pocket. He's got really and at the, Yeah, and at the end of the day, how much do, does footwork issues actually matter when when you have an arm like that? And and that's the right. thing that always gets goes back to me. Like it's like, yeah, like his footwork is a mess sometimes, but then he makes these throws like across his body in the corner, you know, the front pylon over a corner where only his tight end can catch it. Like just freaky flashes of ball placement that make people drool. And, and that's why people love him so much. And, you know, you and I, we see the inconsistencies, but how much, you know, right. how much clout do we have to actually, you know, push a narrative that, you know, maybe this Justin Field kid who has been number two or number one in some cases since he was in high school with, with Trevor Lawrence, maybe he's actually really good still. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be zero sum. Like I think, you're, how lucky we are to have three, maybe even four. So we're not really talking about Trey Lance quarterbacks who can be that guy in this class. I think that my my thing with Wilson is just it's the what do we always say about the league? What do we always say about college to pro, especially the quarterback position? It gets faster, and so when you're yep. taking an extra extra hitch, when you're waiting to see the receiver break instead of throwing the break, that. It's it's easy to get away with that when it's San Diego State and it's BYU and it's your arm and also like he's playing with receivers that are all catch point dudes right like Donna yep, Romney Dax Milne ain't here out here separating in the first place you know what I mean so you're gonna be throwing contested a lot and it's good if like people love talking about him in the Shanahan offense and it's like I get it but so much of what he did at BYU is like oh I'm gonna alert to this nine ball. You never do that in Kyle Shanahan's offense. It doesn't exist. They don't but, play that but, game. But is that because Jimmy Garoppolo? Right, right, <laughs> which, right warranted question. And, and and what we've seen them do, so much of the, the five-step, seven-step off-play action drop is Jimmy's got such good feet. He's got such yeah. good timing that we can play this like this. And so, right, I, I you have faith in a guy like Kyle Shanahan to be able to adjust his quarterback. I just think, right, I think that, for everything that Wilson is and for how exciting it is, if you told me in three years, like, oh, he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields, I'd be like, yeah, I can see it. It makes sense. But I put on the Ohio State film and I see Justin Fields doing pro quarterback things against yep. better competition with equivalent, if not better, physical tools. And to me, I just can't, like, I can't, I can't put Wilson above that. Dude, the the one the one read or the the Justin Fields gets stuck in his read thing is so overplayed, it, and it's it's honestly it's it's annoying to this point because I know I know that some of these people out there that are saying this know what's going on. They know that he is running option routes that 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 mm-hmm. that Ohio State is running option routes out there, and he's holding on to it to see what that read is going to be. I I know what's happening because that offense has been so much different 
with him and when it was with Dwayne Haskins. Oh when it was with Haskins, it was all it was all mesh. It was all finding throwing windows in spot drop zones. It was all about getting the ball to Paris Campbell and guys in space and letting them, you know, yak. And they're actually pushing the ball down the field with Justin Fields because he can. And, and it's so annoying to see them just, you know, discount the the kid's mental ability. Um, and we could get into a whole conversation about that, but I don't know if we want to do that on this podcast. And right, and, that, and that, that's the long and the short of it. It's if you took you, – you've got Justin Fields processing concerns that are talked about ad nauseum. If you took Justin Fields and put him in the Clemson offense, which has like two receivers okay. running routes, right? He's got half field reads. It would be times a thousand. And he's out here with like, you know – Five guys in the concept reading full yep. field, and it's and or he's out there right with with Chris Olave running off routes, and he's got to re, re, relate to safeties and relate to corners, and it's yep. it's much more professional reads than Trevor Lawrence does. Trevor Lawrence goes and throws against air on his pro day, and the quote coming out is, "This guy's as pro ready as we've ever seen." Boy, it's air <laughs> on a pro day! Like I don't know, this is killing me. But that and that's that's what quarterback discourse is is constantly yeah. trying to overcome, and who knows if it will. But. Look. Yeah, like at the end of the day, like how difficult is it to to read mirrored smash and a tunnel screen or a bubble screen? Like that that's mm-hmm. what and, and that's the thing that that gets me with Amari Rogers is he's he's rated so low right now. You just get the ball the dude the ball in his hands and you see how special he can be. But Amari he had runs a good season. Yeah, and he runs like three routes because that's all <laughs> they ask him to do. Right, when you're Clemson, why bother? Why do anything otherwise? There's no yeah. need. You don't have to unless you're playing Ohio State or Alabama. And then it's and by then it's too late. Folks, you've heard it here before. You will hear it here again. Built Bar is back, and it is better than ever. The new and improved Built Bar is available in six new flavors. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barkia, Barcia, Barkia. I'm not responsible for knowing how to say that. Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. I just got my new ones in the mail because I've got clout like that. Caramel brownie slaps. It's a good one. Uh, they've got the new flavors and all of the 12 original flavors as well. They remain with the same excellent health information. They've got 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs, and 19 grams of protein in your average bar. They've reset the promo code for this launch. So use the promo code locked on. That's locked on, no spaces, all caps, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's 20% off your next order. Locked on at builtbar.com. While supplies last, a free cooler may be in the mix for you if you make your first order. So the new and improved built bar, locked on is the promo code. Get to the spot, make sure you get some. Let me uh, let me get you out on this. I like to play uh some games of word association when we bring people on without without warning. Dalton doesn't know that I'm gonna do this to him until until he hops up because I want your initial reaction. So I'm just gonna throw a phrase out about the draft class, right? And I want the first prospect name that pops to your head. Make sense? Yes. All right. Wide receiver, the best hands. Devontae Smith. Yeah, that's an easy one. All right. Best project player. Oh, um, I'm going to go with Aleem McNeil. Aleem's a project. I, You know, only because of the role that he played. At Walk NC me through State. that. So because he played a straight zero technique and he was a flat out two gapping guy, he didn't really get to unload what he can really do. 
I mean, I think that he is a gap penetrating one technique. Um, I also think that he's somewhat of a project because he's going to be going from 330, 335 pounds down to 315. And that's what he really wants to play at. Um, we interviewed him for blogging the boys and, and he told us what he weighed at. And I was astounded that, you know, a six foot one squatty dude was 330 and he didn't look it because he is so body yeah. beautiful. Um, but I think that's somewhat of a of a project just because he's going to be playing such a different role at the NFL, or at least he should be playing such a different role at the NFL level. Plus, you know, from looking at Dane's stuff, from talking to Dane and him having him right around the top 100, and that's about it. Um, I saw Ben Fennel at one point didn't even have him in his top 10 uh, defensive tackles. Like, I love this kid. I think that this kid could be an, a legitimate difference maker. And it just doesn't seem like some in the the big media agree with us. Yeah, I, I think he's fun. I'm excited to get into his final film. And you're right, that NC State front for a couple of years now, right? Like BJ Hill is out there playing the nose. Yep. Now he's a strong side defensive end for the Giants. And he's great. He's fourth round yep. pick and he's exactly what they wanted. All right. Uh, too risky for you. Oh, Gregory Rousseau. I mean, that, that's kind of the easy one, right? Like he's just, mm-hmm. he's so much, of, he's the project. Like if, if we really want to talk about it, because this is a dude who legitimately like did not know what he was doing. Just out here being long, baby. Just out here being long and strong. Here we go. And, you know, 15 and a half sacks, just like that. Um, And so I I think he's, you know, the the biggest project and he's the biggest risk as well because I don't think he's going to get away with, you know, being an interior rusher. I, you know, was told that he played at like 250 pounds. Like that's just, it's not going to happen. I could see him with his frame. If he gets up to 285, 290 pounds and actually legitimately playing the three technique, maybe he's, you know, David you, Irving without the You're trying to Eric Armstead this kid. You're trying to I'm trying to out. move him in. I'm trying to move him inside. All I right. really am. Because at the end of the day, you know, at the NFL level, like, I listen, I loved A.J. Epinesa. I loved his game. AJ Panessa is not a, a, an edge rusher in the NFL level because they get the ball out too fast at this point. You need to be able to get to the quarterback in two and a half seconds. If you don't have that burst, you're not able to win off of the edge. You're just not going to be able to get there. Rookie 1,000 yard rusher is. Oh, I, dude, I got to go with Najee, man. Like, I, I love his game. It's so an unfair much. question because it's largely about landing spot, but there's 100%, 100%. 100%. All right. Uh, biggest hitter. Ooh, biggest the hitter. You know what? JOK. That dude, oh, yeah. he's so violent. Like, right. For to be 210 pounds and to hit like he does, it, it's unbelievable. The, the speed that he plays at is, is unreal. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's interesting with him because, like, sometimes you're like, hey, go take on a block. And he's like, ah, no, screw that. But then, right, when it's like swing pass into space, he's like, yeah, I'm going to murder this kid. Uh, yeah, so that, it, it's a good answer for biggest hitter. It's really weird because, you know, when he's actually playing a legitimate linebacker role, I think he's a lot more tentative. But when you have him in that overhang or you have him out in the slot, and when he's in open space, I think he just goes forward and, and chooses violence. But I think he's more <laughs> – I think he's um, a, a little bit behind when it comes to actually playing a legitimate linebacker role. I agree. Mentally. You know, I, I very much agree. Uh, Coach's son. Oh, man. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph Asai, just with the way Ooh. that he plays. Man. Ooh, I, I mean, like, I, I like that from, like, a, a hustle perspective, yeah, right? Like, that, he's, like, Mr. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I respect that one. I like that one. Okay. Uh, biggest surprise on film. Ooh. 
Um, man, I, I, I'm trying to think who was a surprise for me. Who was a lot worse than I thought they were going to be? <laughs> Taking surprise and going in the worst direction. I love it. Yeah. Probably Andre Cisco, honestly. Um, not that I think that he's bad. I think the Louisville game just put a bad taste in my mouth because Tutu Atwell absolutely just ate his lunch. Um, was that this past season before no, he got was, injured? That was, 20, or was, no, last year? That was 2019, okay. yeah. He uh, – he, Matched up with him a couple times in the slot, and Tutu was just too quick for him, which you're not really going to ask him to do at the NFL level, most likely. Um, but if you do, it, it might be ugly. Right. A lot of people have tried to match Tutu at well in space, and a lot of people have failed. All right. Biggest surprise, their athletic testing will be a surprise. Who's going to be the biggest surprise when they weigh in, when they work out? Who do you think is a good athlete nobody's talking about? Oh, who's a good athlete that no one is talking about? Um, We're getting into the tough ones now, making you work for it. You know, we are getting into the tough ones here. Um, I'm trying to just look down through this. Um, May You know what, John, Javante Williams. I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. That's a really good answer. Because so, I just, think that like people are like, oh, he's super physical, he breaks a lot of tackles. He can explode. He, bro, he's so he's so yeah. explosive. Like that first to second level is so quick, dude. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of his overall. Right. Do I think he's running four fours? Nah, maybe, no, no. But right. But like that 10 yard is gonna be good and those jumps are gonna be good. And when we're talking right. running back play, like that's what I'm interested in. Especially if he comes in at like 220 and he's jumping good. Then we're cooking with mm-hmm. gas. I really like Javante Williams. Okay. Uh Last one. Let's go. Holding you to it. Can't take it back ever. My guy. Who's got the Dalton Miller stamp? Who's going to be good in the league? And it's going to be because you thought he was good. I got to go with the guy that I've been longest on in this class. And I've talked about him a ton already, but it's Aline McNeil. Dude, the minute I saw him uh, when we were watching, who was the defensive end for them last year? Can't think of the name right now. Uh, James Smith Williams? No, no, it was the other one. I can't think of it. He was a senior bowl guy, but uh, played. he just played five tech. But anyways, um, I was watching him, and I went into that uh, NC State you know, tape without a number because sometimes I'll just go It was go 100% in, but... James Smith-Williams. No, it wasn't James Smith-Williams. I, I, I swear to God it wasn't him. 2020 NFL Draft, NC State defensive end. I'm looking oh. this up. Yeah, 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 go for it. <laughs> All right, tell me about McNeil. Oh, All right, so with, with McNeil – I was watching him, or I was watching Laryl Murchison. Guy. It was Laryl Murchison. Yes, it was Laryl Murchison. Ah, he's an under tackle. He's an under tackle. Yes, he is, but he played. He played the five tech for them, yeah, he so he wasn't he defensive end. So, he so did. I'm watching. I'm going in to watch him, and I don't know because he's a defensive tackle, so I don't know what position he's playing. And I see this squatty little 29 on tape, just flashing like crazy. And I went in not knowing what Laurel Murchison's number is. So I'm thinking this is number 29. I'm like, why the hell is nobody talking about this kid? This kid is awesome. And then I actually look at the roster, figure out after a game, I'm not watching the right guy. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, right then and there, I tweeted out like Ali McNeil is a name to watch for next year. And since then, I have been on the Ali McNeil train. I interviewed him this year, like I said, for SB Nation's blog, The Boys. Um, and he's just – he's a fun personality. He makes music. He raps. Um, he is that, like, big, lovable defensive tackle type guy. Um, and out of everybody in this class, he's the one I'm rooting for the most. That's awesome. Well, uh, Dalton, do me a favor. 
plug your stuff, share your spot. Where should people find you? Where should they listen to you? Where they, should they see your work? And in three years, we're going to have a conversation about Ali McNeil and hopefully it goes well for you. Let's do it. Um, so you can find me at Dalton B. Miller on Twitter. That is probably the best place to find my YouTube as well. I'm trying to get to those thousand subscribers so I can actually have my own uh, slug, my own URL. Um, so subscribe to that, people. Um, and then also follow my work at the Pro Football Network. Uh, that's that's where I write. All right. Uh, Dalton, thank you so much for joining us, man. We will uh, check back in with you later in Draft Cycle. Absolutely. Have a good one.